Crime Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, not for them, but for yeah. us, yes. We yeah. Did. It feels weird. Are you are you on? <laughs> no, I am on. My echo was on. And all. Oh, like, and it sounds like you're at a concert yeah, performing. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. I mean, what have you been up to since last time we recorded? Well, yeah, so to you guys, it's just another day, another Wednesday, right? But for me, we, or me, we, for me, we, <laughs> uh, for us, she, Destiny went out of town for a week, I went out of town for the following week, and then we tried to get back on track, and we couldn't do it. <laughs> it was... Yeah, so here we are on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning, a real off for us. There's no wine involved. It feels different. <laughs> Definitely, and I'm sorry if it's different for you guys. We're we like, just... yeah, you guys should stop drinking wine. We're yeah. Like, oh. oh, okay. Fine. Noted. We just needed to bring you guys back to where we are at right now so that everyone <laughs> understands. It's early on a Sunday morning. It's not late on a Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We tried to do Wednesday. But we you, tried. We uh, you had plans. Then I we tried to do Friday. Uh, then you had wait. No weekend. Oh my child. I yep. Mm-hmm. Had a little eye incident after the Fourth of July. <laughs> so. Yeah, and so here we are on a Sunday, and then I have plans on Wednesday. So now we have to move everything around again. So yeah, sooner or later we'll get back on track. But yeah. So for those of you who didn't know from us talking about it in the last episodes. I went to Disneyland. Destiny went to Chicago. We were everywhere. <laughs> yeah, how was Disneyland? Oh my gosh, it was. It was. I've been to Disneyland tons of times in my life. Um, this was the best trip I've ever had. Like this is the best oh. vacation I've ever had. It was aside from feet hurting at, and of course the first day. I made the wrong shoe choice because fashion. <laughs> Second day, I was like, fashion doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so I remember I, we were texting, I think, after your first day, and you're like, my feet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, my feet were, uh, they were, I the night, we had like an Airbnb, and so we were all um, a minivan rental car back and forth, and we were minivan back and forth, and by the the first night we got back, I, my feet were in ice. I put both my feet in little ice bags. <laughs> it's like, this will help, right? You're like, heal me. <laughs> yeah, woke up the next morning to get ready and like sat, stood up out of bed and just started to fall forward. It was like, oh no, I gotta go again. <laughs> it, was, it was rough, but it was so much fun. I know that when we first got there, Lincoln was, I thought he was, I'd prepared him like, there's going to be rides you're not big enough to go on. And there's those, you know, like big Thunder Mountain and they were a little, he was tall enough to go on them. Oh, and so really? then I had to do the talk. Okay, these might scare the crap out of you, <laughs> but do you want to go on them? And he was like, big Thunder Mountain's his favorite ride. He was a champ about it. I mean, and I'm can... not surprised he is your and Travis's <laughs> Yes, so. exactly. No, he was, um, 
in fact, when we were waiting in line without him, I was there with my friend and my friend who um, takes his um, nephew all the time, is around the same age as Lincoln. He was showing me a video. He goes, well, if Lincoln is tall enough to go on this, here's a video of me taking my nephew on it. And his nephew kind of like looked a little scared, but did the whole, you know, it was like, and there were some of them really like, like smiling. Excited, but yeah. I also kind of want to crap. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly <laughs> looked like he wanted to crap. And so I was like, oh yeah, I could deal with Lincoln being that way. Lincoln didn't kind of want to crap. Lincoln was like, <laughs> like it was just the whole time. Like a happy puppy, like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. And um, there was a few, you know, there's a few parts where they're all really loud and I just have to cover his ears. He was so chill. So, and That's he, awesome. There was also a few times, as a, uh, it feels like a parenting win when you're anywhere in public and you're next to your child and you see another child have a giant meltdown. Well, when you're in Disneyland, I feel like you see meltdowns every 10 minutes. Some yeah, child yeah. somewhere so screaming. So many children. And it's it's always nice to just sit there with your kid and kind of like make eye contact with him. And then he looks at the meltdown and is like, hmm, nah, not, not, not me. And kind of just looks away and looks. I'm just like, I'm so proud. Like, That's feels, my boy. That's yeah, my boy. This chill kid's mine. <laughs> and I say chill very lightly because he's not chill. But... He didn't have any... I mean, honestly, for... Your son's four. Yeah. He's I was four. like, I did not miss a birthday. <laughs> I know his birthday is yeah. December 17th. But um, for a four-year-old, he's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. And he is... And um, so happy. Yeah, super happy. I mean, he gets wild, but I am so thankful how good of a listener that kid is. And so, yes, yes the whole experience, I think it could have been... Totally different. No, there was no, we were with a huge group of people. I had my, most of my, a lot of my family's there, you know, my husband's family, all of that. We were all together. There was never like a, you're going to, you want to go on this ride? You want to go? There was any time that we were like, okay, some of us want to go on this ride. Some of us will meet back here for lunch. Bye. It was yeah. just, yeah, it was very, I, for, for not having a ton of plans, it was just, it was really chill. It went really smooth. Yeah, by the end of every night, we would watch some show, and Lincoln would get up on Travis's shoulders and just fall asleep on his head, and that was, it was just so cute. It was great. It was exactly what I needed a year later kind of thing, yeah. so it was super yeah. fun. It was great, and um, I could go back. <laughs> I could go back tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, make it happen. We'll yeah. It was freaking, it yeah, yeah. As soon as we got home, we'd been home for like a few days. Lincoln was like, "Can we go back to Disneyland tomorrow?" I'm like, "I wish." <laughs> so, yeah. we're a Disney family. I'm not even. I, don't, I have no problem saying that at all. <laughs> I, it's so funny because I'm so not. Yeah, I know. Like, I went to Disneyland with a bunch of our friends, mm-hmm. and I had a great time. Like, don't get me wrong. But holy cow, there's a lot of children. And yes. holy cow, there's just a, a lot of people. And so, like, one whole day, I think, like, Ashley and everybody went to, um, they did, like, an extra day in Disney. Mm-hmm. And we had done two, and then we did one in Universal, but they did a third. Mm-hmm. And me and Alex were like, cool, so we're going to go to the ESPN bar, and <laughs> yes. we're going to watch That's not even there anymore. <laughs> so, oh, you can't, oh, you can't yeah. go back. I'm gone. Yeah. Sorry. There are, um, there's some good bars, though. There's a lot of, and then in the... Oh, don't even get me started on the Star Wars experience that I had because, oh. <laughs> of course, um, Galaxy's Edge was open by that point. You don't have to do any, like, buy a special ticket or anything. Yeah. So, um, and then Travis got up in the morning and got us reservations at Oga's Cantina. It's, like, the only place that serves alcohol there. Gotcha. Some of the coolest drinks. One of them, though, I cannot not recommend the rosemary, whatever it was. It was, like, drinking salad, but... 
Weird. It was so gross. But, but delicious? Uh, nope. Oh, you said don't recommend. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It not, was not. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, but that was also a fun experience too. When you go in, you you can only get two drinks. Two drinks maximum. It's, it's very... Um, hard to get into that sort of thing. So you feel really special when you oh, actually get gotcha, in. You're like, gotcha. ooh, it's so cool. And then, of course, when you have to, you it's a 45 minute max. You have to get out of there after 45 minutes. So you just drink your drinks really fast, and you have your experience. And you leave. But then, of course, we got back out in the sunshine, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> You're like, so I drink this quick. Yeah. So um, it was it was fun keeping that going and having that experience. But I cannot recommend. I can't say that drinking all day in the sunshine in Disneyland and then by the end of the night we went back over to California Adventure and we're standing out watching the world of color and I'm like don't fall asleep don't fall asleep standing up don't you fall asleep standing up (laughs) and I'm standing next to my um, mother-in-law and I'm like oh gosh I got a headache she's like that's what happens when you day drink in Disneyland you bozo (laughs) like you're not wrong thanks Don (laughs) yeah good lesson yeah it was a good time it was super fun (laughs) How was Chicago? Oh my god, I want to move there. I <laughs> crime rate high, but just needs to come. Oh my god, I absolutely fell in love with. It's a gorgeous every, city. Everything about it. I was just like, we went to so many different places. Had so many fancy drinks. I was there for work, so there was like two full days of like training. Mm-hmm. But then, besides that, like I made it a point to find like speakeasies. Oh yes. So uh, we went to the one in particular that we went to that was incredible was called the drifter okay and it's on top of a nut there's a bar upstairs and it's the green door tavern and then you go downstairs and it opens at like five and like every hour on the hour starting at like seven some days eight they have live performances that are like 10 to 15 minutes long Mm -hmm. so there's like a pianist and he was amazing and then there's like a magician comedian oh yes um they have great combo yeah (laughs) They have, like, belly dancers. They have, like, contortionists. They have all these crazy different things. Um, But it was, like, burlesque-themed. Oh, yes. And they only let, like, 37 people in at a time. 37 is my go-to number, by the way. Anytime I'm saying there's a random amount of things, I'll always say 37. Well, then you need to go there. Because, I mean, (laughs) it's a sign. Um, And they have, have, like, 100 tarot cards that they'll rotate out. And so they have nine, like, tarot cards. And they're all just different drinks that Uh they're serving that night. Oh, that's so fun. Dude, oh, that's so like, It was the coolest experience. And then I went to my other favorite speakeasy that we found there was in an alleyway behind like a sushi shop. Oh, and yep, it sounds was, like where I'd live. <laughs> right. It was a sushi and, um, why can't I think of the word? Sake. Sushi oh, and sake I bar. love me some hot so sake. So they had so much. They had cold sake. They had hot sake. Mm-hmm. It had, had a sake flight. Oh, yes. It was everything about it was just incredible. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's and such a beautiful And all the architecture, city. everything like that. It and, and then I looked at apartments there. Yeah, and it was like $3,000 for a studio, right? Um, <laughs> it Actually, there was some good. There's like 2000 for like a two-bedroom downtown. Oh, okay. Like, oh, Alex, I live here now. Yeah, bye. So, Come visit me. I love you. Yeah, I love you. Bye, bye. <laughs> um, but no, it was phenomenal. So <sighs> that's what I have to say about Chicago. Uh, yeah. Go I freaking there. love live going. There. I want to live there. I always am like, oh, I love where we live and I love Oregon. I Well, you know, I always love Oregon. But then, of course, I go somewhere else and I, I'm like, gosh, dang it, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Even... And it's just pretty in a different way. Like, yes. Oregon's gorgeous with, like, ev- just everything outside. But, like... We don't really we have so we don't have any kind of architecture like they do. Right, how detailed and everything that it is there. It is such a beautiful city. 
<sighs> everything, even everything, it does seem like every structure that's put up is put up with the intention of also wowing whoever's walking by it. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. So that was my trip. Oh yeah. I know. I, I'm already getting ready to, uh, this weekend I turn around and leave again. And I, I mean, I lived in Vegas, but every time I'm going to Vegas, no matter what it is, I, even if it's just for a little bit of time and the people I'm going with this weekend, I'm stoked because they kind of like the best of Vegas. So yeah. I get to see things. Every, every time I visit them, I see something that somehow of living there that long, I didn't get to see. So oh, nice. I'm getting ready for that same experience of like, oh, somewhere else. Like, this is going to be great. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, you're going to have a blast. Yeah. It'll be a fun 70 hours of my life. That's for sure. Come home, sleep. <laughs> right. <all day. laughs> and then work. And yeah. Back oh, to, then back to good old work again. Back to normal mom I get a month to work. recoup before your bachelorette party. Yeah. I, yeah. That's coming up. So. It's all coming up. It's all of it. Let me remind you real quick and stress you. Yeah, right okay, we... so next topic. <laughs> yeah, ready to distract you with some murder stuff? Yes, please. Uh, okay. What are we talking about today? Oh, I just cracked my knuckles. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was very loud. I am covering someone that I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Everyone's heard of him. I The reason I'm doing it, though, I have to say, because at some point I'm going to stop and throw in my own stuff here. My grandma messaged me. She was, went, to, or went to Disneyland with us and messaged me the day before and was like, oh my gosh, I totally have something for you to look up. And um, she sent me his first name and I was like, how have I never heard of this person before? And of course I'm going through, some stories tend to be repetitive regardless mm-hmm. of the details. You know, you're like, I'm like, maybe I have heard of this. And then it's it's the I-5 bandit. So I was yeah. like, oh, that's why. But the cool part, uh, not cool. <laughs> I should not have used the word cool is that whenever you have a personal tie to it, you know. So my grandma messaged me and said it was her brother, Rick. Um, maybe I should leave names out of it? No, because he's going to be mentioned in it, actually. His uh, fiancé was murdered by the I-5 bandit. That is insane. <laughs> yes, So, and he's my great uncle. So I got goosebumps. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It, right when I read that, I was like, what? What the? Excuse me, what? Yeah, so of course, when we were in Disneyland, we'd be standing in lines and I'd be picking our brain about it. So, this is one of the shorter cases I've ever done, specifically because there's not a ton about him. There, I mean, there is a ton, it's just very repetitive. I was watching some YouTube stuff about it and all these different videos, very repetitive, same stuff over and over. A lot of it doesn't feel noteworthy enough. It's just, but so we'll just, I'll just do a little bit of background about him. We're gonna go into pretty detail about a lot of his murders and so there's that so alrighty I'm ready okay so this is Randall Woodfield the I-5 bandit uh Randall Woodfield was born in Salem Oregon um he came from a mid a middle class family that I feel like you and me would call just a normal old family there's not he's pretty average dude there's not a lot about him where you're like you know, when you want to try and tie in a oh there's some childhood trauma this yeah. is why they are this way there is no story where I felt like anything stood out. He just had mom and dad. I think he might have been an only child because I don't really remember. Um, yeah, just it just says average family, no trouble at home, that sort of thing. And then when he got to high school, he was um, well-liked. And I feel like also for anyone that maybe just is tuning in right now, Salem, Oregon is our hometown. So <laughs> yes, this... Yes, it is. This, fit, this as soon as I read, he, I was like, he was born in Salem? I didn't know that. I had no... I just knew it was... When you hear I-5 Bandit, I-5's pretty long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so he was born in Salem, Oregon, which is bananas to me. 
Um, he was a pretty well-liked person. He was a football star at Newport High School on the Oregon coast, and then Portland State University is where he ended up going for a while. And um, he's even described in one of the places that I read about him as the, quote, all-American boy next door. Okay. I was like, ooh. Well, the fact like... that we're talking about him now, <clears throat> he was not the all-American boy next door. <laughs> no. No, no, no. And, in fact, the very next part of this goes... In his adolescence, however, he began to exhibit antisocial behaviors. For example, this, I don't know, this is, I'm not a doctor. I don't know that, I didn't know that this fell in the category of antisocial behaviors, but um, his his liking for indecent exposure. So oh, right off right. the bat, he was um, shown his ding dong to lots of people. His Johnson. Mm-hmm, his Johnson, right. <laughs> um, so his first arrest was in high school for indecent exposure but because he was such a good football player um his coaches at the time kind of covered it up so that he wouldn't get kicked off the team because they were like "Uh, yes in fact when you're really good at sports um i'm especially when it's football i think that it's safe to say that some people will go to you know high measures to make sure that you can still play those sports unfortunately He ends up getting arrested a few more times after that uh, for vandalism and more public indecency because he just couldn't keep the Johnson inside. And um, he was still able, though, I did, this is another thing I did not know, to get drafted by the Green Bay Packers in early 1970s. What? Like, that's how good of a football player he was. Um, Unfortunately, though, because he was so into bringing the Johnson out, he was dismissed from the team in 1974 after more than a dozen arrests for indecent exposure. So Jesus Christ. (laughs) Right? I'm like, okay. At this point, I this seems like a common occurrence, a question I ask in a few of our... Did nobody think... I know they, like, kicked him out, but nobody was like, okay, this guy can't keep his Johnson inside of his clothes. Should we get him help? <laughs> no, no, no. It was just get him off the team. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, over a dozen? Yeah. Like, you're just going out throwing your wiener around at this point. Yeah, at the, yeah, at this point, get the guy some, like, metal underwear and some help let's lock you up <laughs> go let him talk to somebody about how often he wants to do that and maybe he'll stop doing it and i don't maybe know why it's not appropriate <laughs> yeah maybe it should have been a sign <laughs> you would think yes so um when he arrived back to oregon after dropping out of college he just kind of went all in on his life of crime is what i put here <laughs> um i'm going to assume that it was mostly fueled by like the ego situation like he was super into football, super good at football. I think maybe he thought, I'm just going to write it out like this. I'm going to... Yeah. Well, I'm... he was so used to people covering for him uh-huh. that he, once it finally came to bite him in the ass, he was like, I'm fucking pissed. Mad. Yeah. Yes. Which is another common occurrence in stories we tend to talk about Jeez. on this show is that um, some egos can't take the fall. Fail? Yeah. Failure. Um, So because of the fact that he couldn't um, handle the rejection of being let go of the Green Bay Packers, um, he basically just kind of went wild. I mean, he not kind of, he full blown went wild, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a gap from it. It seems like he gets kicked out of the Green Bay Packers, he gets back to Oregon, and then he's not happy. Around what time frame is this? Um, He got kicked out of the Green Bay Packers in 1974. Oh, okay. So 70s. The first, his first, like, well-known crime is 75. Okay. So, um... Comes home, enjoys Thanksgiving. Hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm gonna go, I'm guessing, hurt some people. Uh Uh-huh. 
And I also, um, now that I'm in the middle of telling the story, I might have to, um, I think I know somebody else, a personal tie. I'm going to have to ask and come back like in the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Pretty sure I know another, for some reason, right when I read 1975, I was, I was like, oh wait, I think I have another personal tie to this guy, which is real sketchy. That's right? real weird. It's awful. Um, that person's still alive though, so I have to ask her. I've got some questions for her. Jesus, yes. Okay, so... I'm basically just going to um, list, he just goes into the life of being a dirtbag, and I'm just going to, I just went through and listed, um, otherwise there would be not much else about the story, so get ready. <laughs> Wait, what are you listing? All the bad stuff. Okay. Yeah, we're just going to, it's just a timeline, it's kind of, it's, you know, usually you're like, and then this happened, and then we'll talk about our, pit. this yeah. is literally, his story is all the crap he did, so okay. here we are. <laughs> In early 1975, several women in Portland, Oregon, were accosted by Knife Point. Um, And then I put, is Knife Point a thing, or did I just make that up? Is Knife Point a word? It didn't put a red line under it. Is a thing? (laughs) I've never really heard of Knife Point. Yeah, I don't. I made that note to myself, and so here I am still wondering. Either way, they they were forced to perform oral sex before they were robbed of their purses. And after this, a policewoman... Uh, were staked out as decoys, and Woodfield was arrested on March 3rd after stealing marked money from one of the officers. So essentially, right away, they um, Portland women are, I don't know how many, but there's Portland women that are being robbed, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and then made to perform oral sex. And so obviously the police caught on right away. And so they put out women as decoys. <laughs> Instantly, this in March 3rd, he's arrested. Um, because he's dumb because yeah. <laughs> he did the same he tried to do the same thing to one of the decoys because of that arrest in april he pled guilty to reduced charges of second degree robbery receiving a sentence of 10 years in prison four years later Jeez, <laughs> on july so 1979 woodfield was freed on parole so another common occurrence that we hate so stupid. it's so frustrating so october 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 9th, 1980, a former classmate of Randy's, Sherry Ayers, Ayers, that's what it's, it is, was <laughs> raped and murdered in Portland, um, bludgeoned in the head and stabbed repeatedly in the neck, which just feels like a wild, just, yeah, that's, ugh, it, I, ugh, yeah. So Woodfield was routinely questioned and refused to sit for polygraphs and examinations. Um, homicide detectives found his, found his answers generally, quote, evasive and deceptive, but his blood type, for whatever reason, didn't match the semen found inside the victim's body, and he was not charged. I tried to look further into this. I don't know what, if it was just mismatched. You know how they, things get mixed up at the yeah. lab sort of thing? There was no more information about this one. So he is not friggin' charged initially for that one. Ew. I know that eventually... He is, so at some point he either admitted to it or they retested something. I don't know. Gotcha. But initially, he's not charged for that. Uh, a short month later, still in Portland, Darcy Fix and Doug Altick were shot to death, execution style in Altick's apartment. A 32 caliber revolver was missing from the scene, and the female victim had been formerly involved with Woodfield's closest friends. So that's kind of how the tie-in was there. Gotcha. This, the thing that I wouldn't have known had I not, had my grandma not kind of known these people, some of the people that are in the story, is that he tends to kill people he's close to. 
um, and not necessarily it's very stupid. Yeah, not it's just like a it's like a someone that you meet at the bar that your friends like. Hey, this is my new friend, and then it seems like a few. He kind of his habit is going back and finding them and then murdering them later. So I mean, okay, yeah, it's very strange. Police had nothing to suggest that Randy was the killer. Obviously, in this one, um, I am going to go ahead and assume later on he ends up admitting to this one as well. So on December 9th, 1980, so this is just about a month later after that, It's he, this guy does not slow down. There's yeah. not a ton of time for him to slow down. A young bandit wearing, and of course bandit is where this starts to come into play, wearing a fake beard, which he, this guy wore a fake beard for so many things, and he also is like scruffy. It's the 70s, so he was scruffy and had a beard, but he wore a beard over his beard. If not you already stupid. have a beard, yeah, not stupid, but also if you already have a beard, you're still going to kind of look like whatever drawings they come up with, That's don't you think? That's kind of true, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Give just, a shave, dude. Yeah, so, or just like a hat and glasses or, I don't know. So, anyways, on December 9th, 1980, a young bandit wearing a fake beard held up a gas station in Vancouver, Washington. So, again, he's all over the place because four nights later in Eugene, Oregon, the same man raided an ice cream parlor yeah, he also robs really weird places. Um, and then on December 14th, so this is like in a week span, uh, did another robbery at a drive-in restaurant in Albany. So he's just all over Poppin'. the place. Yeah. That's also not very stupid. That's I mean, I don't, smart. Yeah, I, that part of it I get. It's smarter. But also when there's this many going on it, and they're all similar, I wish they had to have known. But a week later... Back in Seattle, the gunman, Jesus. yeah, the gunman trapped a waitress in a restroom of a restaurant. That was a mouthful. And forced her to, quote, and this is literal quote because this felt weird to it, and forced her to, quote, masturbate him. I don't know. There's no better way to say that, but, ugh. Um, so he didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I thought jerk the Johnson. Oh, no, 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 like, no, no. Get out of here, Destiny. <laughs> Get out of here, Destiny is right. I apologize. And forced her to jerk the Johnson. (laughs) And 20 minutes later, still in the fake beard, he robbed another ice cream parlor parlor and escaped with cash. 20 minutes later. So it was a short Johnson jerk and then went to a different place and robbed another place. So he's just bananas. This guy's just a hot mess. So... And this is all still in December. In January, the police were not referring to this, or I'm sorry, were not. I wrote not. They were now referring to this bearded gunman as the I-5 bandit. So, because they didn't, they didn't know who he was. And of course, giving him a name means people look out for him. So, and this was apparently the kind of his highway of preference. He was doing all of these, Yeah, because it was up and down the I-5 corridor. Yeah, at this point, they didn't know of him to do anything else anywhere else. So... On the 8th, he raided the same Vancouver gas station as the second time. That's stupid. It's stupid. I think he's starting to get cocky. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Forcing a female attendant to expose her breasts after robbing the cash register. So he's just, again, it seems like last minute, oh, what do I do? Someone jerk me off or let me see your boobs or (laughs) give me, like, it's like he's all, well, I'm here, I need something. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's not great. I'm not. Well, it's so confusing. Well, what what is weird to me about this is how he was like, okay, crime, 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 murder, rape. Uh, yeah. And light crime, light crime. Uh-huh. Yes. No. Yep. Definitely. It's it's weird that he took a, like, after he killed, that he took a break uh-huh. from killing. Yeah. 
it comes kind back. Of. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling. But it is strange. Yes. No, I agree that there's just some randoms. And it almost seems like maybe the first one maybe was kind of got out of hand. And so he then had to kill her. But yeah. And then also the execution style shooting in the head. He had weird preferences. It almost seems like he he delegated his time improperly is that so it it feels like he was trying to figure out like what got him going the most uh uh-huh kind of feeling it out yeah so uh everything got him going the most actually so three days later he robbed a market in eugene on this is after the robbing with the girl and the boobs and then three days later robs another market in eugene and then on january 2nd shot a female worker there but she survived so that's not helpful to him later. This next one involves young girls. So this is the this is the lower, I mean, this is the youngest that he did. So just be warned. On January 14th, oh yeah, I also put here, note to audience if they'd like to fast forward. It's quick though. <laughs> On January 14th in Corvallis, he invaded a home with two young sisters that were eight and ten. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls were forced to undress and perform oral sex on him before he left the home. I didn't see anywhere that he injured them or killed them, but either way, garbage. (laughs) Yeah, so... Gross, but I'm happy that they, from what we know, did not die. Yes. Okay, so that concludes the awful kid part. Okay, now, moving on. Uh, This next part is my own personal tie-in that my grandma told me about. I didn't know how else to kind of explain this, so it's longer than the other ones, and if it gets confusing, let me know, because I am basically rewording... I went and looked up the information about it online the, mm-hmm. and then kind of put a backstory with the people that were mentioned online. Because, you know, online sometimes they just give, here are the victims and then these yeah. specific victims I have um, a tie-in with. So, four days after assaulting the two young girls in Salem, the target was um, an office building for him. So, he killed a woman named Sherry Hull and wounded Beth Wilmot after sexually abusing the two women. Um, Sherry Hull is where I have my small, very small tie to the story. Uh, Sherry and Beth both worked together, and Sherry was engaged at the time to a man named Rick. When Woodfield entered the office, he sexually assaulted both women and had them perform sexual acts on him as well. Uh, He then shot them both execution style, so this is... I think a preference he keeps going for. Yeah. Um, thinking he killed them both, he fled the scene. Beth, however, uh, was only pretending to be dead, though she was shot in the head. Jesus. Um, and was able to call for help, um, even with the severe head gunshot wound. Sherry, unfortunately, did not survive. Her fiancé, Rick, as previously mentioned, is my great-uncle. Um, so my grandma went on to tell me that uh, she remembers attending the funeral for Sherry and because they hadn't caught the assailant yet, there was tons of undercover cops at the funeral, and it was just super sad. Oh, my God. And then the another interesting layer to this part of the story is that my grandma, or my grandma's mom, a.k.a. my great-grandma, uh, later married a man named Dick, who served on the jury that would eventually go on to convict Randall Woodfield. Because, again... Weird. Yeah, no, there was even other people that she had talked about bowling with, that was the paramedic at the scene, like... There was a ton of, because he chose people that he would would get kind of close to. So these are people I'm assuming, I mean, I guess in this specific situation, he, he just invaded a office and, um, there was this awful, maybe this isn't worth noting detail, but my grandma even said that Beth at some point had said that she 
was only shot once because Sherry was moaning and he shot her again and then he left. And so I was like, oh, that's a detail. But that's a detail that people that are close to it know, you know, that sort of thing. And um, then my grandma did also say she worked for, um, I mean, I knew this. My grandma used to work for, I think, she worked for the state for a long time. And she worked where people would come in to put their marriage certificates. And after Randy Woodfield had been in jail for a while, a woman came in and with a marriage certificate to get married to him while he was in jail still. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was like, nope, I refuse. I won't do it. I won't. So she, the lady had to leave and come back and get a boss and all that because my grandma wouldn't do it. She's like, no, you're not. I, my, she refused. Yeah. <laughs> Which Jesus. was just another detail that I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but unfortunately, this was not the end of his spree. <sighs> so uh, the bandit rounded off um, his month on January 26th and 29th uh, with robberies in Eugene, Medford, and Grants Pass, um, fondling a clerk and female customer in the later case. Um, So, again, just he goes wild and doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. On February 3rd, 1981, Donna Eckhard, uh, 37, and her 14-year-old daughter were found dead in their home at Mountain Gate, California. So this is the only known um, California one, but it's clear that he's down in Southern Oregon. Yeah. Jumps over to Redding. So this isn't Redding. Um, They were found together in bed. Each had been shot several times in the head um, with lab tests revealing the daughter had been sodomized. So he just is going, getting worse. Piece of shit. Yeah. And it's almost as though... I bet you somewhere in his head he either knew or thought that he they were on to him or that, you know, any day was the day. So it's kind of like you're just going wild mm-hmm. because, oh, maybe tomorrow they'll catch me. Just going on a rampage. Yeah. it's It totally seems like he's just on a rampage. We're only in February here, you know? Yeah. Like, not a lot of time has passed. So um, the same day, a female clerk was kidnapped, raped, and sodomized after a holdup in Reading. An identical crime was reported in Eureka... Eureka spelled silly. Um, in February, oh, that was February 4th. So this is the following day. The bandit robbed um, an Ashland motel that same night. So, like, there's just so just many things. Yeah. Going crazy. Mm-hmm. So, he was in Ashland. Five days later in Corvallis, he held up a fabric store. <laughs> I'm like, a fabric store? Um, unfortunately, he had he molested the clerk and her customer before departing. So he just walks in with a gun, does what he needs to do to people to get himself hold, hold himself over until literally the next day, February 12th, he accomplished a triple robbery with robberies in Vancouver, Olympia, and Bellevue, Washington. So he's all the way up across back yeah. back back on the top. Um, and then the last two stops included three more sexual assaults. On February 15th, Julie Reitz, who was a former girlfriend of Woodfield's, was shot and killed in her home in Beaverton, Oregon. The investigation had focused on Randy by February 28th, so they were clearly right behind his tail most of the time. Yeah. And by that time, the I-5 gunman had struck three more times in Eugene on February 18th and 21st with a final sex assault in Corvallis on February 25th. So... They finally got him, thank the Lord, at this point, because he was just wild. He was going to keep going. Yeah. Until he got caught. Exactly. On March 3rd, uh, 1981, police were finally able to get a hold of Randall Woodfield and brought him in for interrogation. This led to a search of his apartment two days later, and the search of his apartment led them to find several stolen items um, that could link... I mean, somehow this guy still had an apartment. That's Yeah, I'm like... We think it was in Salem? Uh, yeah, 
also doesn't actually say here. Um, it's somewhere in Oregon. I know that. Yeah. The girlfriend that he killed was in Beaverton, so maybe it's Portland area. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the search of his apartment led them to find several stolen items that could link him to many crimes um, committed in the previous months. On March 7th, he was taken into custody after several victims were able to pick him out of a police lineup, which is why I don't think, like, the girls that he, I don't, I think that they were able to get a bunch of people to be like, that's yeah. the guy. They probably put a fake beard on him and was like, this is so good. Just stupid. Okay, so he's taken into custody because of all these ladies by March 16th. Indictments um, were rolling in from various jurisdictions in, obviously, Washington, Oregon, and then these are all including multiple counts of murder, rape, sodomy, attempted kidnapping, armed robbery, and possession of firearms by an ex-convict. I totally forgot at that point that he'd already gotten out of jail. Yeah. So. For um, a crime for four years. Uh, he yeah. been in for ten. For, <laughs> exactly. Um, the courts in Salem got Woodfield first on charges of murder, attempted murder, and then two counts of sodomy. Um, convicted of all counts on June 26, 1981, and the all-American killer was sentenced to prison uh, term, or a prison term, of life plus 90 years. By December of that same year, um, conviction of sodomy and weapon charges in Benton County, Oregon, added just another 35 more years. Um, Good. So, yeah. Add all the years. Yeah. Um, as officers began to follow his trail along I-5, they started to stumble over more victims that mm-hmm. weren't ones that he had talked about, so I named them here. Um, it was Sylvia Durante, she was 21, had been strangled in Seattle and dumped beside the highway um, in December 19 of 1979. Three months later, 19-year-old Marsha Weeder, um, she was 18, and then Kathy Allen had vanished while she was hitchhiking along the I-5 outside of Spokane. Um, their corpses had been found in May following the eruption of Mount St. Helens. So after it had erupted, they were doing cleanup and found their bodies. Yeah. At least four women had died around Huntington Beach, California, while Woodfield was in, he was in the area. And then they were all killed very, very similar to. And I think eventually some of them were tied back to the same gun that he had gotcha. had. So... Again, I think these were ones that they weren't able to put on his sentence, but they felt worth mentioning because awful. Yeah. So Randall Woodfield was 30 years old at the time of his arrest. Like, Oh my, he was young. Yeah, dude. He was, he was some of our friends age out doing all of this before. And of course he was 30. So he was in his early twenties. Could you imagine had he just gone his whole life yes because you know they just found golden state killer in his 80s Ugh. okay so woodfield admits oh yeah admits to history or his history of exhibitionism however denied any murder at all here's a quote i'm really innocent of this terrible murder charge i'm really i really am he claims. He says that the, quote, real serial killer is a man named Larry Moore, which, as you do, you already have a name picked out of who actually did this. Woodfield also believes that he is innocent um, victim in a legal conspiracy. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, quote, something about my case stinks of corruption by a resigned DA, a demoted lead detective, and a judge who retired soon after my case. Oh, my God. Okay, cool guy. Uh, yeah, no, you're stupid. 
You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just mad. As always, despite um, his seeming links with 13 homicides, he and countless under other crimes, uh, the I-5 killer would not go to court um, on the majority of his offenses, even though they got him on a lot. Unable to afford endless string of trials, the state was satisfied knowing that Woodfield would be off the highway for at least a century. And that's my case. Jesus Christ. So do you have where he is now? He's still in jail. He's okay. still in the Oregon still State Pen. Still alive. Yeah. And I just, um, when I was looking this up, my sister was at my house and my stepdad worked at the pen. And I asked her, I was like, uh, did, uh, did dad ever work at the, and this one was not Benton County. I don't know where this one is. No, Oregon State Pen is where he still is. So he's just, uh, chilling. Just not like very The far actual from us. villain that he is. Yeah. Jesus. I'm surprised. Oh, like, why didn't they give him I don't know. I don't know why there's no death penalty. I don't know if it's just they, he started admitting Because it was things. in so many different areas, probably. Yeah. Uh, jurisdictions and probably plea yeah. bargain of some sort. You know, that usually they'll admit to stuff if you don't kill them. They'll, that's usually their ki- the killer's thing is, if you don't kill me, I'll tell you who I killed. You know, that sort of awful. What a sicko. Yeah. So, and I also, I think my tie-in, um, the other, I think that I, I know somebody personally who, um, had it in the 1975, there was a break-in rape in her house. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the suspects was the I-5. I mean, he broke in to, through her window and raped her and then left mm-hmm. and thought she was dead. But I don't think that the MO, because he tried to smother her with a pillow, I don't think that the MO fits. So, but I know that the I-5 bandit was one of the, um, Suspects. Yeah, it, this was in 1974 or five. Ooh. So yeah, so that's I'm not maybe. So come back to us. Let we'll us see know. about that. But yeah, um, so this guy was just hot mess all over the place. And that's that. Well, there you go. So anyway, there's the I five bandit for you. Yeah. yeah. Hate him. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, and we extra hate him because of your personal tie. Yeah. All of every single thing about him I hate, but especially that one. <laughs> I completely agree. So I'm going to assume you're going to tell me a super happy story now and make I'm gonna, me feel We're going to go real happy with mine. <laughs> no, we're going to go real weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. So today I'm going to be talking about Thomas Montgomery. And unlike what I usually do, I'm not going to talk much about like his past or childhood. Honestly, because I couldn't. Like I dug and mm-hmm. dug. And I was like, this guy. And apparently there's a lot of people named Thomas Montgomery. Yeah, so I got a lot, and I was like, no, murderer. (laughs) Um, Spoiler, he's a murderer. Okay, so, (laughs) and we're going to talk about basically how the murder came to happen. So this all takes place in 2005, 2006, 2007. We can, we'll all refer back to dates. Um, I mean, it's kind of recent though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, So Thomas was a 46-year-old former Marine who had a wife. Her name was Cindy, and they had two teen daughters together. He worked at a manufacturing warehouse in upstate New York. It's important to note that he had a pretty uneventful routine going on, but he did enjoy his poker nights that he had with his coworkers. Okay. So. So just like a nine-to-fiver, but had poker nights. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, exactly. And, it like, the job he had at the warehouse was very repetitive. So he's just doing the same thing every day. Then going home, and he was, like, he was a good, like, dad, good husband, as of right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so he was a little bored with his life, and he made up basically a fake persona. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he had played poker with his friends, and then his friends introduced him to online poker. And I don't know if you remember high school. Oh, man. Like, I used to play it with my ex-boyfriend all the time. I remember like, when dudes were so into it. Apparently yeah. so were you. I, I, I love <laughs> me some Texas Hold'em. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, I remember when it, like, got banned from high school and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. You, know, you weren't allowed to play it on your phone. You know, any of that stuff. You weren't allowed to talk about it. You weren't playing it. Yes, I remember. It was super rude. I remember the hype. <laughs> yeah. So super he used to rude. Play, yeah, really affected my life, okay? Yeah. Um, so he would play real poker, and then they're like, oh, dude, we play this, like, almost every night. You can just join us online. Got it. Okay. So he started, and then he came up with a fake persona. He started taking notes. Um, He had, like, a little uh, notebook that he kept in his, like, workstation, and he was like, I'm an 18-year-old Marine. My name's Tommy. And he went pretty in-depth. He, like, was said he was a black belt in karate. So, like, all the things he wishes his mundane life was not. Yes. Wishes he was younger, wishes he was cooler. Exactly. Okay. So, he was 6'2", 190 pounds, had a 9-inch dick. Oh, of course he thought out his dick size, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, his mom had died when he was 12, um, and that he had raped a girl at 17, but that flipped a switch in him where he felt like a terrible person, and he ultimately joined the Marines. What? I don't know why that part. Why the rape has to be why he joined the Marines. Yeah, where he, it just like, it's, but that's what they say. That's so freaking weird. Very weird. Like, if I'm creating a fake persona about my best life, there's not going to be rape involved. I'm not going to be the worst person in my fake, which, okay. So, <laughs> there's that. Um, so, during his time creating this persona, he was introduced to the poker online, like I'd said. And it, he, so he made a nickname, the Marine Sniper. Oh, cool. And around this time is when he met Jessie. Um, so she started, they just started, like, private chatting. And she, her screen name was Tall Hot Blonde. Oh, they sound like a match made in heaven. Yes. So he told her, basically, all the made-up stories that he had. Um, and then they just kind of started talking all the time, like, getting a connection. And they started, like, getting intimate and, like, expressing their love for each other. Um, but they hadn't met in person or anything, right? No. No, and this probably is... not even seen pictures of each other. Right? So what he had like scanned a fake picture or a picture of him when he was younger, when he was in the Marines. Okay, and then she had sent pictures of her. Okay, and she was like a seventeen-year-old blonde. Oh, so she really was. Yeah, she so was she was okay. super pretty. Super, yeah, and then he basically talked about they just got very emotional, and he said that he actually had planned on committing suicide until he found her online. Okay, um, and how she was quote. The best thing that had ever happened to him. Even though he was fake. Yes. Yeah, he sent the picture. And she would send pictures of, like, her in the pool in a bikini, her in miniskirts. I think there was, like, even a video that he, she sent him. Oh. Like, she's like, hey, look at me. She was in me. love. And... Emma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh-huh. She's like, How old is he more. at this point? He's 46. Okay. Okay. Um, so these pictures did ultimately spark their first argument where he accused her of talking to other guys and sending them pictures too. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. you're not just sending these to me. Is he single? No, he's married. Okay. With yeah. two kids, remember? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So he's just doing this like late night. And he's mad at a 17 year old because she's talking to other dudes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in order for her to apologize and make up, she sent him one of her thongs. In, like, the mail? In the mail. Snail mail. Ugh! A different kind of snail mail. (laughs) Right? And then um, a necklace that had, like, a key on it, and it was, like, 
Tommy and Jesse forever. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then they ended up making up. So they started talking on the phone more consecutively, but only during certain times because he said that he was on a tour in Iraq. Okay. So also he how he's how he's <laughs> I'm confused about how he's convincing her he's so young if they're talking. <laughs> yeah, I same. Okay. But it was happening. So right. she thought he she's like, Oh, this this eighteen year old guy, he's just like the cutest, sweetest. He sounds he like my me. dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so when, uh, yeah, basically I think that he had certain times, like his wife wasn't at home. So he's like, I can talk for like 10 minutes now and 10 minutes later, but I'm gonna have to hang up because I'm on, I'm in, it was believable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after about talking for about eight months, Tommy or Thomas, whatever you want to call him, proposed to Jesse. Oh gosh. This guy's weird. Yeah. He's messed up. Yeah. And of course she said yes. Okay. like, yes, we're getting married. Of course. Okay, so he became pretty obsessed with Jesse. He was talking about her at work with the guys and about how he was going to leave his wife um, and then would just stay up talking to her like all night on the computer, on the phone. And then he actually made a resolution, and this is a quote that he wrote on January 2nd, 2006. Tom Montgomery, 46-year-old Tom Montgomery, mm-hmm. ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. Oh, he is moving to West Virginia to be with the love of his life. Okay. So, She's in for a surprise. That's where, that's where he's at. So this continued, and then in February of 2006, his wife Cindy found out. Okay. And he found, she found, like, the thong that she had, like, he had, or she had sent him, uh-huh. um, and basically uncovered the whole truth. And was probably like, I'm married to a weirdo. Yeah. And he had been saying, so while he was in Iraq, quote, he was saying that she could mail it to his dad's house, who was Thomas Montgomery, Uh and he would pass it on to Tommy. Gotcha. So she just figured everything out, and she's like, you're a fucking weirdo. But they still stayed together. Mm. He just stayed, like, in the basement. Um, And Cindy, like, for a while, she, like, let it kind of just be Mm -hmm. but then she was like I felt so uncomfortable and upset about the whole situation and I ended up she ended up writing a letter to Jesse okay saying and sending a picture that said and this is another quote let me introduce you to these people and then sent a picture of Thomas Cindy and their two daughters oh yeah I mean I'd probably do the same yeah like uh hello creepo so Jesse had doubts about Cindy's story um of course so because she was like i'm in love with this guy this lady's just crazy Uh um so she found one of tommy's friend brian that played poker with him online Uh okay so and his screen name was beefcake (laughs) best one so far (laughs) um so beefcake yeah so she started talking to brian and was like can you like is thomas really this 46 year old man like that's married with two kids and Brian, or... Beefcake yeah. said... Beefcake was like, yeah, yeah uh, that's definitely been happening. And so he basically was her shoulder to cry on. And so they started an intimate relationship. Oh, good lord. Via online. Oh, this poor 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but Brian is... Brian's a 22-year-old. Okay. So... And was really 22. He was really 22, okay. yeah. So... There's somewhere in the middle of that conversation, she had to have been like, how old are you? <laughs> Are you a 46-year-old man? Which, I don't know how you would trust somebody How does this 46-year-old dude know this 22-year-old? Oh, work. Work. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so they started their online relationship. And then it turned into Jesse and Brian basically t- uh, taking jabs at Thomas online, just calling him a predator and all this stuff, which he was. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. And it basically started to affect every aspect of his life. Right. Um, so, it, like, people at work found out. They were talking about it at work. They were saying stuff about him online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just got out. They lived in a small town. So it got out to the public. And people, like, wouldn't trust their kids around him anymore. Obviously. So, yeah. He obviously got pretty angry. And at this point, he messaged Jesse saying, You can say goodbye forever to me and Tommy. And then they started talking in detail about how she was still in love with Tommy. Not oh. Thomas, but she was still in love with She's like, I miss Tommy. I loved Tommy. This is and he's like, so weird. So weird. And he's like, well, Tommy loved you too. Oh. Yeah. And then it's just creepy. Oh, I feel like I might know where this is going all of a sudden. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of this conversation, Jesse promised to stop talking to Brian. Good. But she didn't stop talking to Brian. So she kept her relationship with Brian pretty secret. And they had, like, a lot of online, like, they were talking a lot of sex talk. Well, yeah, sounds... So, I mean, her and Brian just it were... It seems like people that are online talking, that's almost the intent. Like, yeah. they connect on whatever connection that's fake, and then they just jump into sexual talk. Yeah, and so there was a lot of sex it. talk going on with Jesse, 17-year-old, and Brian, 22-year-old. It's a weird appeal to me, because it all just seems fake. Like, whoever you're talking to is probably not real. Well, and you, yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, so she also continued her friendship with Thomas, though. Okay. And so after a little bit of time passed, Brian convinced Jesse to open up about their relationship because Jesse's like, we got to keep the secret. And Brian's like, finally, just come on, Where babe. are Jesse's parents in all of this? Just wait. Okay. Um, and so they finally opened up about their relationship, posting about it online. So like MySpace. This, this is Beefcake and Jesse? Beefcake and Jesse. Okay. This is the time of MySpace. So it was all happened on yes. MySpace. Yeah, we um, were like, I mean, I was this age during this time. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is weird. You're welcome, about. Mom. You're welcome. This didn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I was a good one. <laughs> I talked to other high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> um, so Brian made a point of taunting Thomas with their relationship both online and at work. So Brian's like, yeah, she's with me now, da-da-da, because I'm actually a 22-year-old. Who knew there'd be so many weirdos in one scenario? I mean, I guess so. So Brian even tried to visit Jessie at one point, um, and she was like, no, I, you can't come. You just can't come. So made up an excuse where she couldn't go to see or he couldn't go to see her. Um, and then during that time, she ended up talking to Thomas again. Okay. Apologizing and saying that she was going to leave Brian and that he, if, okay, basically he said, she said, I'm not going to talk to Brian anymore. And he was like, okay, you promise you said this last time. And she's like, no, I'm done with him. Like me and you can continue our friendship. Um, Quote friendship. Yeah. So I think that she was still feeding into this relationship a lot. She's being a little manipulative at this point. Like Uh I have two guys, even though this one's fucking the same age as my father right i have two guys and i'm gonna just talk to both of them okay so it's definitely an attention thing and it's online attention so the harm doesn't seem to be as like high level scare because they're all far away in there yeah yeah, yeah. they live like six hours apart and you're it sounds like she's just just strange she met them playing poker it wasn't like an online dating thing nope nope it was just hey casual chat casual chats um so but he said if you're lying to me and you start talking to brian again you're gonna lose somebody very or something very close to you okay 
Well, that's the last, uh, no more Tom, please. Tommy, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Whoever he wants to go by. So Jesse had had multiple guys she would interact with and boast about online. And even though it would piss Thomas off, he only threatened her when it came to Brian. Right. Because he knew him. Because beefcake. Because beefcake. Um, so when he found out they were talking yet again, he was enraged and sent her messages about how she was a whore, asking if she had sucked her boyfriend Brian's cock. These are quotes. But these, good, good, good. <laughs> Except that they have only met online, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But this connection's strong for and Tommy. He's, yeah, for Tommy with the nine-inch dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, and he just was yelling at her. He called her, yelled at her, um, and he just was a fucking douche. And he probably tried to ground her because he's old. <laughs> You're in trouble. Stay in your room. Ew. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like it um but in general she ignored his messages and started ghosting him basically okay so later that evening on september 15th brian clocked off of work and was sitting in his truck on his phone and was shot three times and killed okie dokie i'm assuming it was just a random drive-by shooting right yeah 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 of course (laughs) um so thomas then went home and messaged jesse multiple times saying are you waiting for your boyfriend he wouldn't mind you talking to me and then, so his body was then discovered, mm-hmm. um, and Thomas was obviously a prime suspect because they had, like, gotten into interactions at work and things like well, that. everyone in town knew about it. Yeah. yeah. So he um, he had told a coworker that if he killed someone, he wouldn't leave any of, like, um, the casings from the gun behind. Um, so and he was specific about probably what was going to happen. Yeah, so he's literally telling this to a guy at work. And then the same guy at work, he asked what time Brian got off work. Oh, what idiot. A dumb... <laughs> all um, of it. All of it's bad. Very. So when they were taking him in for questioning, he let him know that he had to go grab his lunch out of his car because those peaches that he had were going to go bad if they were left out. Peaches. So we'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, they did a search of his house and found a number of items from Jesse, like her G-string and photos. And um, they found a photo of Thomas's gun cabinet. And when they compared it to the actual gun cabinet, there was a um, a caliber rifle that was missing. One gun gone, probably. Right? And it was the exact same gun that <sighs> Brian was killed with. Damn, this guy's. Du- Who has just a picture? I mean, I don't own guns, so I don't know why you would just Maybe, have a picture uh, of your. Gun he seems like a weirdo. So cabinet. Yeah, Could I mean, be plenty of reasons. Yeah. I guess if you're just someone who likes guns, you just took a picture of your guns, and that's that. But if you use them to kill people, probably you shouldn't take a picture of your guns. That's all. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, so while this was all happening, before any arrests had been made, they found Jesse's number in Brian's phone. They decided to contact her because at this point, Thomas hadn't been arrested. Okay. And they're like, you might be in some danger. We just want to let you know what's going on. So when the police showed up to speak with Jesse, they found her mother, her mother Mary, who claimed Jesse was not there. And after more questioning, came clean about the person who had been talking to Thomas and Brian the whole time. Oh, no. It was her. <laughs> yeah. That's why she was so into the, that's why she was so willing to be into the 46-year-old. She's probably yeah. old. Yeah. So the picture that she was using to, like, talk to all these guys, they were all pictures of her daughter. Oh, so she had a daughter. She had a 17-year-old daughter named Jessie. She's just as smart as Thomas! Yeah, so she is, like, sending pictures of her daughter in a swimsuit, like, bent over in miniskirts. She sent her daughter's underwear. Oh, that's so... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I need a moment of silence to accept all that is. To accept this double catfish? Yeah. I just sprung on you? The craziest catfish? Oh, I can't. 
she sent her daughter and pictures of her daughter and all of that. Yeah. What a weirdo. Yeah. Mary. And got a dude killed with well, her and daughter. So the, and Mary was married. Oh. Too. Uh, yeah. Cycles. That's how she met someone playing poker. But no 17-year-old out there playing poker. I mean, you were. <laughs> but. It's fine. I'm a rare case. Yeah. I mean... Probably there was a bunch of seventeen-year-old girls out there playing poker too, but I'm gonna assume not just connecting with no. Gentlemen. I, I, I in, in my defense, I played with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't out there trying to find any Tommies or Thomases. Okay? That's so. The true victim here is Beefcake. Beefcake, because he died. He thought he was with a lady who was younger than him a little bit, but was with her mom. Oh, yeah, it's all weird. All weird. Um, so we'll just kind of wrap it up and then we can tie back to it after, yeah. while you're done processing. Hash it out. Did the peaches come back into play here? So okay. back to Thomas. Okay. He refused to give a DNA sample, but during questioning, he asked for something to drink and they gave him something to drink, mm-hmm. but, and he left the can. Oh. And so they were able to test what a it. dummy. And they test it to a peach pit that was left at the scene of the crime. Oh my, so he really did have peaches. He was honest about the peaches. He was huh? honest about the peaches, and he left a peach pit with his DNA at the crime. This guy's the worst criminal in history. Ever. Um, so after this, Thomas was arrested and denied being the one who murdered Brian, but was offered a plea deal and pled guilty. After this happened, Cindy filed for divorce. His daughters wrote him a letter saying, we want nothing to do with you, you fucking creepo. Good, good. I hope um, that's exactly what it said, word for word. I hope so. You fucking Anyways, creep. happy Father's Day. <laughs> Bye. You're not a father anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, so after reading this, he attempted to commit suicide. Right. Only attempted. Obviously didn't happen. Uh-huh. Um, and then he did a bunch of mumbo jumbo and tried to reverse his plea. Um, and the, said, the 46-year-old Thomas is back. <laughs> I am a responsible adult. He exists again. Um, and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Mary, yeah. a.k.a. Jessie, she was not charged with a single thing. Because they couldn't. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but her husband did divorce her. Good, and good. her daughter does not speak to her any longer. I would hope not. And probably doesn't do much online activity, probably, because she's scarred for life. Yeah. And her butt's been sent to older men. By her mother. And also her underwear has been sent to older men. By her mother. Oh, Disgusting. Man. So that was my case. Garbage. Can I look at the pictures now? Yeah. Is this of the people? Yeah, so this... <gasps> That's the mom! I was wondering what she was going to look like. The one with the picture of the daughter? Uh-huh. The daughter, super cute. Okay. I'm assuming that's beefcake. Daughter... Is in graduation garb, blonde, very cute, very smiley looking. Mom is exactly what an online mom who would be posing as her daughter would look like. Kind of creepy trollish. It don't, yes, creepy trollish. It's actually kind of strange that she made that beautiful thing that's standing next to her. <laughs> um, bit, yeah. I know that's rude. I don't care. This is a picture he sent um, when he's still in the U.S. Is this the Marines? Yeah. He still's not attractive when he's younger. No. Is that down and here in the glasses down here, the balding, is that also him? Yes. Is that up here, up there, him too? Mm-hmm. It's all bad, guys. It's all bad. They're not. Poor Beefcake is a happy looking guy who probably thought he had a relationship with a cute blonde girl who. Because she was very cute. Yes. I understand how it was believable and then also why men would fawn over this. She's mm-hmm. very cute. Um. Tall hot blonde. Tall hot blonde. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so there's also a movie 
Um, there's a movie on this that I watched when we were supposed to be recording. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. was like, well, I have a little bit of time. Since so I'm here. This. And the movie's actually pretty good and has some good actors in it. And it's produced by Courtney Cox. Okay. What's so, it What's it called? Tall Hot Blonde. <laughs> of course it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check it out. But that's my case. Dude, that's bananas. That is um, it. So for anyone who happens to be listening who's underage, here's why we don't make online relationships. Meet people in person. Yes. <laughs> people Yikes. are liars. Also, check what your mom's doing. <laughs> make sure your Get underwear your don't go missing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yikes. Um, That concludes all the weirdness for this week, folks. Thank you for tuning in after, sorry about the long break. Not for you guys, but for us. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in on a Sunday. Yeah, here we are. We did end up with a mimosa in hand. Yeah, we did. Oops. We're ending our day with a mimosa, which is, you know what? That's how I like the middle of my Sundays to go. So Exactly. Yeah, but on that note. Crime Wives out? No. (laughs) On that note, make sure to follow us on any social media. um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Crime Wives Pod. Yep. Or podcast. podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I think our, I did realize that our Twitter, I think, is Crime Wives Pod. It might be Crime Wives Podcast, but you know what? Gmail, Crime Wives Podcast. All of them. Crime Wives Podcast is where you can, what we found out today, Google us and find us. And find us. And yeah, we've been, we've started to get some people reaching out to us for some um, topics to do, just like my grandma saying, hey, you should do this one. If you've got anything, tweet us, you know, message us on Instagram, um, Facebook, always our um gmail is always a place we go to um we'd love to cover something you want us to cover yeah and make sure wherever you listen to us to rate us um let us know uh, what you like what you feel like we could possibly work on anything along those lines we love to hear uh we love the interaction with you guys so yeah absolutely we love the interaction and we would like to i think the idea of um what what people are looking for i think we're ready to kind of like start molding us a little bit and catering to our audience yeah definitely i mean we've done a lot of different things um and we've been working on it so we'd love to hear what you guys have to say yes we would but on that note thanks for listening guys and for real crime wives out (laughs) 